Welcome to the Latina Confidential Podcast. Hola everyone, welcome to the Latina Confidential Podcast. This is your host Andrea and as always I want to thank everyone today time after day to listen to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have Kelly Serpico or Nurse Kelita. She is a first generation Peruvian American. She's currently an FNP student at the University of Southern California, USC and has been a nurse for more than five years. So today we're going to talk about being a Latina registered nurse, being a minority in the field. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned so much from it, because I did. I really enjoyed our conversation and learned a lot about being a Latina nurse. The path at the end of the episode, Kelly also shares so many helpful resources, so also make sure to check that out. And yeah, so without further ado, let's jump to today's episode. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you doing? Good. So first of all, I think... You know, we, we can start out, maybe you can share more about you. And I know you're like studying and we talked about that, but maybe just start sharing more about you and your background. Yeah, so my name is Kelly. I have an Instagram called Nurse Kelita and a little bit about who I am and nurse my nursing background was that basically to go back and talk about it, my parents are from Peru and so I call myself that I'm a first I'm the first one to be born here in America so I always go by calling myself first gen Peruvian American and I feel like sometimes I worry that that might not translate correctly like some people might think that it means first gen like a student yeah. and that's not the case for me I've actually had a lot of role models in my life and my parents as well so they they grew up in Peru they came to the United States in 1985 and they were lawyers in Peru and so they had to obviously like most people who come into a new country they had to start over so i watched them go through different jobs as i was growing up until they finally settled on to being a tax preparer And that's been their job ever since. I can remember now since I was like five. <laughs> and um, I have a lot of, I'm an only child, but I do have a lot of half siblings. So I have, um, and then notably, I have one half sister from my mom's side. She became an emergency room doctor. Um, and so I do have her. She is 13 years older than me. So I had her as an example about the medical field, but I knew that becoming a doctor wasn't something that I personally wanted to do. And then I have another half sibling from my dad's side who is uh, a nurse. And I have a cousin from my dad's side as well. And she is a nurse. And then she went on to become a nurse practitioner as well. A family nurse practitioner, which is what I'm studying right now. I feel like... They definitely guided me um, by providing an example, but none of them actually pushed me towards this role, um, except my cousin. Apparently, she said that she told me when I was like 19, and I do not remember this, but she was studying, she was in nursing school, and apparently she told me that I should go to nursing school, and I was like, I really don't remember that, <laughs> and yeah. she was like, yeah, I, I did, I told you that, and I was like, really? And she and I was like, what did I say to you? Because I don't remember. And she said that I was like, I just kind of like shook my head and looked at her like, that's not for me. Because <laughs> at the time, 
I hadn't even thought about nursing. My, like I said, my parents, they're, they were lawyers in Peru. So they're like, they're like total, if they could do one thing in the U.S., uh, it would be to become a lawyer here. And so I was like, I'm going to do that. And so that was always my plan. And I found that in the end, I was like, that's not going to make me happy. So I had to re regroup and figure out what was, what was going to make me happy and how was I going to impact, be an impact um, to my community. And I chose nursing. I think for me, because I had thought about being a lawyer for so long, I always kind of thought of it as like, oh, I'm going to, you know, help people and, you know, and, and be a voice. And so when I was thinking about another job, because that was so ingrained in me, that's the reason why, what I would want to do with a job, but I just knew I didn't want to become a lawyer. Um, nursing was that, where I was like, I'm going to be advocating for my patients. I'm going to be... Uh, representing them, you know, and so it was an easy transition. It it was like I graduated. I did um, a bachelor's of arts in communication, and so when I finished that at my graduation, I told my mom. My mom had come, and my older half sibling, who's um, the ER doctor, she they were in the car with me, and I was like, so I'm actually gonna do nursing and they had just finished my graduation and they were just like silent <laughs> yeah. so I feel like um but they were supportive and and I feel like that's how I transitioned into into nursing I just knew I, I just knew it was something that I felt really strongly about and and it, and it has been that for me it's I know they always say like you should be yourself and don't identify as your profession, but I did kind of do that. And I feel like I love being a nurse and now going into um, this new role as a family nurse practitioner, is going to be a change, but I'm excited and I feel like it's going to be good for me and I'm going to be able to help even more people in my community. Yeah. And I can tell, you know, when you, share about your journey and I, I can see that you're really passionate about and that you really love being a nurse. So that's great. There's a few things that I want to find out. First of all, uh, you started sharing that, you know, you call yourself like first gen Peruvian American. And that's true. You know, most of the times we, I don't know, we always hear like, oh, first gen and we always relate that to first gen student, first gen, you know, the first in the family to go to college, the first in the family to get a degree. I love having like this different perspective, right? As you said, your parents were lawyers in Peru and when they had to move to the US, they started over again. And it's a whole like different dynamic also. I also love what you mentioned that, you know, you weren't pressured because there's, I think like in Latino families in general, I think there's also this when your parents like went to college and they have a profession and they, for example, lawyers, they push you to be a lawyer too, right? They like, if I'm a lawyer, I want you to be a lawyer. And there's always this like pressure. Mm -hmm. So um, as you say, like they were examples to you, but they weren't like, oh, you have to do a doctor. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a nurse. And it's really beautiful. I don't know how that came 
very like naturally, you know, within you. And that, as you said, I wanted to create a change in my community. And I know that the way for me to do that was by becoming a nurse. And I think that's, that's beautiful. And, you know, I can feel that when you, when you talk about it, I, I can feel that you're very, very passionate about that. So um, you've been a nurse for like five plus years now, right? That's correct. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about your experience, you know, as a Latina registered nurse? Were there like some unique challenges that you faced? as a minority, you know, in the nursing profession? Yes, so it is true. Um, there's a lot of different statistics that I've seen out on the internet and on Instagram about the percentage of um, nurses that are Latino. Um, I've seen 7%. I've seen um, the number that I found was 8.6. Then recently I Googled it and it was said 9. Um, but either way, all of those statistics are very low right? When we think about how many nurses we have. So I definitely, where I started um, as a nurse, I actually went to nursing school in Vermont, which is very not diverse. And I had gone to do my communications at the University of Maine. So that was in Maine. And that was also very not diverse. And I knew that going in, but then moving after graduation to Vermont and pursuing nursing school there was kind of a shock for me. When I am from California, my community that I grew up in is very much Latino. So it was just really um, different when I was going to school in both of those universities. And so when I decided to do nursing, I was the only Latina in my class. And um, there, were, there was um, some other minorities, but... Um, for the most part, is very few of us. And so then becoming a nurse and working, my first job was in um, New York. In New York, it was like upstate. And um, because it was upstate, it was also very not diverse. And so not seeing other people that, um, you know, spoke Spanish, that also meant that the patient population Everybody spoke mostly English. And then when there was that one case where we had a Spanish-speaking patient, then everyone was like, where is Kelly? Somebody get Kelly. Um, and that's what I'm used to. Even in my most recent job here in California, when I was working as an ICU nurse, I was still at times, especially during COVID, like used as like a quick translator. They always say the proper way is to get, we have like a computer system where you have an actual person who is like a professional translator so they always say that is the best way but sometimes you just want to tell them like are you thirsty like something super quick and so I was always that resource for my co-workers even even in California because we did have Latino uh, nurses but it wasn't like always on the same shift so it just we were kind of spread out but we also had a lot of travelers and so the travelers at times that would also help there'd be more um, Spanish-speaking nurses. But for the most part, I think it was just really interesting. And it made me value so much having a second language because it's it's needed. And especially here in California, we have, we have a lot of Spanish-speaking patients. And especially during COVID, we didn't have, you know, family members weren't allowed to come in. So it was really useful. Yeah, right now you were saying that the percentage of the, you know, Latino nurses is very, very small, you know, like 8%, 9% at the most. And I would think, at least that's like my perspective or how I feel, I would think that as Latinos in general, we're very, like, we 
like to take care of others. But why do you think that there's not many nurses that are Latina? I think it's just a lack of opportunity, really. Because I don't, like you said, in Latino culture, especially women, we tend to kind of go for like a caregiving role. Um, and so it's interesting that we don't have that many. And I would think that it's mostly due to lack of resources, lack of maybe knowing that this is an option or seeing also growing up, not seeing somebody in a specific role might hinder hinder someone from actually pursuing something. So if I were to say growing up, my pediatrician was Latina doctor, maybe I would have been like, oh, I would like to do what she does. But I didn't have that. Um, but I, And so potentially I would say it's probably that there's lack of knowledge about it and lack of resources and support because if a lot of their patients a lot of their patients if a lot of their families just don't have the knowledge about it or education then they're not gonna pursue these roles yeah that makes sense and this leads me to like the next question that i have so can you talk about the importance of having diverse representation you know in the healthcare field i think it's what you just mentioned right just even like for little girls and kids to see that there are other Latinas that are doctors, nurses, that makes you feel like you can also become bad when you grow up. And if you don't grow up having that as role examples in when you're a kid, it makes you feel like you, you will not be able to do that. And it, you don't even consider that as an option. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I feel like that's, that's definitely something. And by increasing the amount of nurses, doctors, everybody that's involved in the hospital system, getting Latinos to go to these spaces, I think is just going to help diversify the healthcare field and also just help others. The reason why I started my Instagram page, Nurse Galita, was to help inspire and create more nurses help inspire more family nurse practitioners and also kind of sharing my journey through nurse practitioner school as a Latina, right? Because I feel like we don't really get to see that too often. Although I have found some Latina um, IGs that are nurse practitioners and I feel like there's not that many of them. I keep looking, I keep searching. I'm like hashtag Latina nurse practitioner and I there's not there's not that many or they're not active anymore. So I feel like it's really important that we kind of like get this message out and encourage people who would like to learn more about nursing and becoming a um, nurse practitioner to seek out um, experiences that would allow them to learn more about it. Yeah, and I think it's awesome that you're not only doing like making a difference by actually being a nurse, but also through social media, right? As you said, you search like hashtags or whatever, and you don't find any. So for other people that are searching like you are searching and they find you. So I'm sure that's making a huge difference for others. So it's just awesome that, yeah, you're not just making the difference by being a nurse, but also through social media, reaching more people, basically your life experience, right? And sharing your experience and your journey as a nurse. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And now going back like to your journey, the college, university, all that, have you faced any challenges, you know, in pursuing an education as FNP or like, honestly, you know, as a student in college or university in general? Uh, the challenges to getting, so for me, it was, it was a unique experience uh, because I think I just chose the nearest nursing school. And I know a lot of people, that's also another uh barrier to get into nursing school for example california has like an exams that you have to take that i learned about i didn't even know that that was a thing because in vermont you just send in your transcript and if it's good enough like high enough then you're you know you, you basically get accepted and because i was already living there i only applied to that local nursing school and i got in i didn't uh, have to really struggle in that aspect but I know that it is it can be hard because you there's a lot of barriers there there's a lot of people so there's a there is I feel like a lot of people who do want to become nurses or maybe I'm just too involved in in the space where it seems like everyone's like working their way towards becoming a nurse but I do feel like people want to pursue this role but there's tests and and then going into for example when I decided to go into uh, my earning my FMP uh, taking the GRE preparing for that I feel like all of those things are created to kind of weed people out and so those are definitely barriers that people face yeah and that's interesting like how much it varies like between for example Vermont and California I like, I will think that there are differences, but not that much. You know, in Vermont, you basically, as you said, you it's very easy, let's say, to get in. There's there's not many barriers or exams. And in California, mm -hmm. it's very hard to, uh, yeah, make your way through and be accepted. And there's all these exams that maybe just by knowing that there are so many things that you have or many exams that you have to pass, maybe people are, like, get afraid or so they don't even pursue that at that. Yeah, no, yeah. And then there's also, I remember learning, because after I graduated with my uh, communication degree, I came back for that summer to California, and I was looking into nursing schools here, because I wasn't sure where I was going to go. And I learned that there was, you know, you can go to nursing school in even community college, because they have associate programs. But these programs have lottery systems. So you could have a, what a, the minimum might be a 3.0 average, or you could be a 4.0 student, but everybody just gets the same put into a pool and you just kind of, they just, as a lottery, you decide. Wow. So, some, so some people wait and they're like, I can't keep waiting mm -hmm. to potentially get in when I've done everything right and I can't get in. Um, and so there's other routes you could I've learned that they, you know, there's private nursing schools where it just costs a lot of money, um, but you can start there or you can uh, go uh, like a, the licensed vocational nurse. Maybe that school would allow you to start sooner and then you can transition. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, the lottery system that I learned about here in California really surprised me. I was like, well, I can't yeah. keep waiting. At the time I was like, I'm 23. I can't keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I got to start my life. <laughs> so 
so I was, I, I decided to move to Vermont and that was the best decision because I just did like my prerequisites at the community college and I submitted my transcript to the nearest school. So, Yeah, there's definitely a lot of barriers as you saying and it's crazy because you know maybe some like you were able to move to Vermont and that was I'm I don't know if it was like uh, easy for you but you were at the end of the day like you were able to do that and to move to Vermont for your studies but maybe others are not able to make that move for I don't know you know there's just so many factors so it's not that easy to just move to Vermont I will say that maybe yeah it's first out of maybe hundreds of people that were really passionate and that had that vocation and they weren't like they really wanted to be a nurse and make a difference but it's very hard if as you said like you have to keep waiting until like they select your name and yeah you cannot keep waiting like years and years you have to start working and you you cannot just be like oh I'm gonna wait like two or three years until my name comes out right so mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy that that's like the system and that's how it works So yeah, how do you think that the healthcare industry can work to better support and uplift like underrepresented groups in the field? Maybe by changing this system of like yeah, making it a little easier. <laughs> I think it would be really important to create more scholarships, more scholarship opportunities for minority nurses and uh because most employers Uh, have educational benefits once you're working for them. They do give you money towards going back to school. For example, if you did an associate in nursing, that's just a two-year degree and you can work as a nurse. And then if you wanted to get your bachelor's of science in nursing, they could potentially pay for you while you're working for them. But I feel like even that would be... Uh, When I looked into it, for example, it wasn't that much money like because nursing school, is, it does have a cost. Any college degree has a, a high cost nowadays. So it just doesn't cover what you would want it to cover. And so I think if big healthcare institutions could create um, more opportunities Uh, more funding, I guess, for students, that would be really a way for them to support more nurses because we do need more nurses. And also finding out how we can get more scholarships, but I'm not really sure that route. How would we help companies do that? But I think that that would be really important. Because again, yeah, we do. We really do need more nurses. Um, there's there's always talk about um, the staffing, the nursing staffing shortage. So, yeah, yeah, definitely like scholarships. I think in all areas, but mostly in uh, fields like nursing. I think we definitely need more scholarship. And can you share, you know, like more personally? Can you share any like? I know you say you're graduating in August and you can share some like career goals or aspiration and how do you plan to use your platform as you say as a Latina nurse to inspire and make impact and how do you plan to like continue doing that? Yeah. So my plans after graduating, right? I'm not truly sure. There's a couple scenarios I've been playing in my head. And I feel like either I can Um, while I wait, because I did learn about the licensing process, I've been learning about it and getting your license and then passing your exam also before that. 
it, it all takes a little bit of time. So I think my future goals in the short term are to go back to work as a nurse because I'm not working right now. I'm just focusing on school and go back as a travel nurse, do a couple assignments. The assignments for travel nurses are like 13 week assignments, sometimes eight week assignments. So they're short. And the beauty about that is that you can just work an assignment and then at the end you're done and nobody's calling you to pick up shifts or, or, um, calling you to come back. (laughs) So, um, so I think I was, my goal would be to do that. And then afterward I go in between a couple of scenarios for my family nurse practitioner job. I think I would like to do primary care, get that under my belt because I feel like that would be really important. So primary care would be working in a clinic, seeing people that are have illnesses that are not life-threatening, like, oh, my throat hurts for the last week or my abdomen's been bothering me for the last two days. Or even sometimes just constipation. Someone's like, I haven't been able to go and it's actually uncomfortable. Things like that. And doing something in a clinic in primary care. Or because I used to be an ICU nurse or I am an ICU nurse. That's what I would do if I went back. Um, I would say urgent care. Urgent care, that one is a little bit, you know, there's probably more like, oh, I just like got this big cut on my hand. Can you help stitch me up? Or like, I really just really badly hurt my my ankle or I was in a car crash and I'm fine. I didn't want to go to the hospital, but I have a headache now. And maybe they have some, you know, they might be sick from, from their injuries. So urgent care, primary care, and then sometimes I go into this rabbit hole and I'm like, what if I were to go into uh, dermatology? So I actually really do enjoy the beauty aspect and nurses can do this too. You can be an aesthetic nurse and that always seemed really appealing to me because your patients tend to be not well they are not severely ill and they're happy to see you because they're getting botox or they're getting fillers or they're getting a facial or they're getting a treatment to help them lose a couple pounds like they have they have so many devices and so i feel like that would be really cool and i never got to pursue that as a nurse and nurse practitioners uh, can go into dermatology as well so i feel like if the opportunity presented, I think I would take that as a sign. I'm really big on if it's meant to be, it's it's meant to be. Like, for example, like how I, even for nurse practitioner school, the University of Cal- Southern California was my dream school. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, it's only going to be there. And if it is not there then I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I'll choose something different, but I got in. <laughs> so it, it, it was in my mind, it was meant to be. So I feel like the same thing. I have these three different ideas about what I would like to do as a nurse practitioner. And I, I'll find out once, once the job says job ex, uh, offer extended. <laughs> so yeah, there are just so many 
like options for you, right? As you say, like the dermatologist option, that's really, like, I wouldn't think about that. What you just mentioned, I, I, I didn't know that, that it was the same path, you know, as a nurse that you can just be like a dermatologist nurse. So that's, that's interesting. That's like, there are just so many options that you have, right, to choose from. And it's, very nice that you can you can be for example as you said that uh, you can be a traveler nurse for like 12 weeks and then you can go and maybe try something new until you find you know the area that fills you the most yeah no i really i really do enjoy that that's one of the benefits i think one of the big benefits that also drew me into nursing is that i really do enjoy like the flexibility and not having to change careers really because if I get tired of being an ICU nurse I'm like well I'll do aesthetics now or oh you know what I want to be a camp a camp nurse or a school nurse and there's just so many I even saw recently that uh, Amazon had a role for nurse practitioners so I was like I can work from home and help people that sounds really cool So, yeah, I'm not really sure yet, but hopefully we'll see We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's even hard, right, to choose one because there are just so many and they are so different. So, as you said, I, I honestly I didn't know that you could work from home when you're a nurse. So, that uh, that's new. So, what advice would you give to other Latinas who are interested in pursuing a career in nursing? Yes, that's a very good question. Um, so one of the things that I focused on when I was transitioning that summer that I was like, oh, I'm going to be doing nursing is I volunteered at a hospital. So volunteering at a hospital, uh, and then I even volunteered when I was doing my prerequisites for uh, to get into nursing school. So I volunteered um, in two different hospitals, one in California and one in Vermont, Um, as an infection control volunteer. And that one was just because I was trying to get um, experience as a volunteer. And then in Vermont, I was volunteering uh, my time in their ICU. So that was, it kind of helped me see what the nurses were doing, what people's roles were. And the infection control volunteer role was really interesting because I feel like that wasn't, it wasn't necessarily inpatient. It wasn't in with the patients in the patient areas, but I got to see what goes on in the background and how important it is to keep our patients safe, the importance of infection control and the, the team that they had. Um, and then with the ICU volunteer experience, it was really good because I was able to see how the nurses were going around, taking their patients down to x-ray, or they were, um, or I mean CT, taking their patients down to CT, or they were um, administering medications, checking blood sugars, doing vital signs. It really helped me see what they do and what kind of environment it is. So I would definitely recommend um, to do volunteer work Uh, even if it's, you know, just a couple hours a week, just so you can kind of see. And then you also get to know the different hospitals if you decide to volunteer in different locations. And that will give you ideas about which hospital you'd like to work at. You can see what hospitals have more resources for their nurses, more supplies. Supplies are really important because um, they, they help enhance the patient experience. Um, another tip I would say is definitely... And it kind of goes in with the volunteering. If you're able to shadow 
do it like a jab shadowing experience with a nurse or even kind of just interviewing somebody that you know is a nurse just to learn more about the role. And also I, I did another advice would be to once you're ready, um, start looking at the admission requirements for schools because a lot of these things you want to just be prepared a year in advance from the application cycle because you're going to need recommendation letters, there's exams to be taken, and you really want to think of it one year ahead, I would say. The other thing I would recommend is, as I mentioned earlier, there's we have a um, your local community college could have nursing programs, and that's a great way to save money because obviously it's very expensive. The only downside is they might, depending on the community college, they might have a wait list or a lottery system to get in because it is it is a good deal right? You could get a whole nursing degree at your community college. Great money saver. Another tip would be to look for scholarships. On Instagram, I recently connected with uh, Latina Latinx RN, and she actually has a website uh, that has like a section for scholarships for Latinos. So I would recommend if you're a Latina or Latino uh, to Check her website out, uh, latinxrn.com, and see what's out there. Because the thing about scholarships is that there is, there are, they are out there, but people need to apply to them to get them. And I think that's something that myself, I myself haven't utilized enough. I should definitely, I should have definitely tried to get more scholarships, but. If I could do it over again, I would definitely say go look for scholarships. The other thing that I also found uh, for scholarships in particular, also recently I found um, that we have a National Association of Hispanic Nurses, and they also have scholarships. So something to definitely look out for. Yeah, there are definitely like so many resources to check out and to look for. But yeah, as you say, scholarships, the thing is that sometimes it's hard to find them. Even like they're, you know that they're there somewhere, you know, but it's sometimes it's hard to find scholarships or where to apply. So to start the process of getting a scholarship. So it's definitely great that people are just sharing more about, you know, the scholarships or scholarships that are dedicated, especially to Latinx students. So that's great. And they can also follow you, right? Yes, they can also follow me. Uh, on my page, I mainly just share motivation. I wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to go, but I think it's come down to motivating some motivational posts, inspirational quotes, funny nursing memes, and my journey through FNP school so that you, you people can see all of the little processes that I've had to go through, the classes that I've had to take. Currently, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing um, a conference. It's the CANP conference. Uh, it's an educational conference, and nurse practitioners come from all over California, 
and it'll be in Monterey and it's like a four day conference. So it's going to be filled with a lot of information. I already signed for all of the different speakers. So I'm ready to learn. Yeah. It's great that you have these opportunities, you know, to also like just share your knowledge and connect with other nurses, right? With other people that are in the same field as you. I just want to thank you. I really, really, truly enjoyed this conversation. I learned things that I I don't have actually like nurses like near me. I don't have like in my close group of friends or family. There are some or many things that you mentioned that I wasn't aware about. So it was definitely like great to learn about this. And just thank you to share, you know, your experience today and to have, you know, to trust the platform to be here. And and also just thank you actually for being a nurse, right? Because I think, I honestly think it's one of the most like noble professions out there. You have to be like very, you have to feel that in your heart, right? To take care of others. And you really have to have that passion to do it, right? Because it, it really makes a difference when you meet, um, you know, a nurse that it can be life-changing, honestly. It's a very, I don't know, like a very unique, work and a very unique profession that deserve more recognition I think that sometimes it's not that much recognized like just how much you do so yeah I just thank you for for doing that thank you thank you so much yeah I definitely you're right nurses make such a big difference in the hospital setting with patient care and I truly have been missing it these last months that I haven't been working. Um, it's an interesting job and I feel like more people should check it out if they're interested because every day is you, every day is a new experience. You don't know how your day is going to go. And for people who really like, you know, changes in their work, you never know what you're going to get. So. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as you mentioned, all the options that you have. So yeah, it's as you said, you you will never get bored, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me uh, here with you to share the space, allowing me to be on your podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation that we had, and I'm so excited for your listeners to learn more about nursing and the road to becoming a nurse practitioner. And I just wanted to tell everyone to fight on. Thank you. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Latina Confidential. I want to thank Kelly for joining us and sharing her story and for sharing all of the valuable information she did. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, please share with your friends, rate it, and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and feedback. And as always, keep an eye out for the next episode and on Wednesday and Friday for a Good Morning Amiga mini episode. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Latina Confidential. You can also send me an email to hello at latinaconfidential.com. And yeah, thank you so much again. And I hope you have a great week. <laughs>